Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the market, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called and you've refused to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded, because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you, when terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel, and despised all my reproof. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way, and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away, then the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Last week, we began our new journey with the book of Proverbs because we are desperately in need of wisdom of God for our life today. The wisdom Proverbs were originated from the covenant with God for the people of Exodus. It can be summed up, the Torah, the covenant Torah, it can be summed up with one message. You shall not mistreat sojourners, orphans, and widows, the poor and needy, the margins of the society. Because people of Israel, People of Exodus were sojourners and orphans and widows in Egypt. So the message of Proverbs are to build the kingdom of priests and the holy nation where everyone can live in the image of God as God created. No more competition. No more oppression in the pyramid society where the majority of people exist for the few selected, rich, and powerful people. But we see still the pyramid society today. But God dreamed God visioned 
everyone is guaranteed to live with their dignity and finding meaning and purpose of God and enjoy shalom and abundant life and today we church we are called to be the prophets the messenger to proclaim the Proverbs this covenant to the people so they can join our mission building the kingdom of priests and the holy nation here and now and today I want to share with you how to be a prophet first Proverbs says we must stand and cry out to the people everywhere verse 20 says wisdom cries aloud in the street in the market she raises her voice at the head of the noisy street she cries out at the entrance of city gate she speaks what do you see in the wisdom first wisdom is the voice itself we cannot separate wisdom and the one who speaks the wisdom it is the same it is innate wisdom we become wisdom like we be the law we become the law torah word of god ourselves not just knowing the word of god same thing we cannot separate the wisdom from ourselves we don't speak wisdom we are wisdom and wisdom is not only in church only for christians but it is for everyone and everywhere because because wisdom is desperate wisdom is desperate the word of god is desperate that's why wisdom cries out everywhere regardless everywhere it is such an urgent message for people do you see that do you feel the urgence urgency of the proclaiming the proverb word of god to people today it is very difficult because people don't listen people don't care right but let's ask ourselves are we desperate to cry out wisdom for people and then what wisdom what message we are desperate and urgent for the people today what is the message of church what is message of you to people around you when you see they're going another way wrong way against God what is your urgent message for them second proverb says we wisdom must reprove people reprove people criticizing people reporting their wrongdoings 
Proverbs, wisdom of God is not just for people feel good, hmm, and feel they are like wise people, but it is like a sledgehammer that breaks down the foundation, the fortress we've been building for eternal deficiency. Our endless desires, selfish desires, and vanity and fear. Wisdom is a hammer. So wisdom, we must be the hammer that reproves people by telling them what is wrong, what is right. So wisdom is truth. Wisdom is truth. Wake, pe wake people off from their oblivion of God. Knowing God is not a big question. Knowing God is question: Who am I? Who am I? And what on earth here I am for? That fundamental question, answering it, that is the breaking from the oblivion of God. If we don't, if we forget about God, if we don't care about God, if we don't care about time and eternity, then we don't need to ask. We just live how many years we allow to live and maximize our pleasure and joy and just die. That's it. No more. But because of a God, eternal God, because we are connected, we are from God, we are eternal being too. That's why we have to ask, who am I? What on earth here I am for? And that wisdom answered that question by reproving. But there are many false prophets, false wisdom. The false prophets they cheer people off first. They don't reprove first. They cheer up people first. False wisdom tells people what they want to hear. Then they guarantee, they promise all the prosperity, all the blessing, all the goodies. Then they threaten us. Unless you worship me, unless you rely on me, I will take everything away from you. But true wisdom, true wisdom reveal people first and expect them to repent, turn to God. And then the hope of salvation, they give us hope of salvation for the remnant even in the judgment day, even in the day of God's wrath. Because if they repent, they will be saved. They will be redeemed. So who is false prophet today? Who tells you what you want to hear, what you want to listen? Who tells you? 
Sometimes we speak to other people, especially our loved ones, our children even, our friends, our neighbors. Because confronting their wrongdoings, confronting their wrong way, according to God, it's very challenging. It can break, it can break down your relationship with those people you love. So we are afraid of telling them the truth. But we speak to them what they want to hear. Right? Even though we love them. So what does church cry out to our society, our nation today? Don't you see church become, become part of society? If we become part of society, then we cannot evaluate them. We cannot reflect them. We are the mirror. Church is the mirror of the society. So clear mirror. So they can see, reflect themselves. Oh, well, I am ugly. Oh, I am. I have all this stain. Or I'm beautiful. We must be the mirror. Then we, church, must be clean. We must have a high standard of morality and holiness. When church loses that, then we are no longer church can reprove people. So we have to tell them when people, when church people even overriding and denying the authority of scriptures, when people discriminate people, when people neglect the poor and needy, we have to tell them, we have to step up, we have to do something. We have to respond. That's what we are being responsible. If we don't respond to the sin and injustice of the world, there's no reason that we gather. What wisdom, what message of we first church for our community here, right here around our neighbors? And your neighbors, your county, our state, our nation, and our world, what do we, what message we must speak? Cry out aloud today. And wisdom, after wisdom reproves people, wisdom heals people. Overwhelmingly, wisdom heals people. How? By pouring out, the wisdom says, by pouring out the Spirit of God. Proverbs says, if you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my Spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Spirit here in Hebrew, rock. Rock means the breath of God. When God created us from the mud, breathed into us, that's rock, the spirit, breath of God. That's, we live because God breathed us. If we stop breathing 
by God, then we are dead. We're dead. So when we turn to God, when we listen to God, when we acknowledge God's wisdom over my wisdom, then people will breathe the breath of God. People, when we rhythm, same rhythm with God, I think Don really concerned for the rhythm, right? So even it's a wonderful that we have a, such a great organist, Don, that he knows where we're we going to slur, like Paramata, the song we just sang. In the music note, it doesn't say that, right? And he knows where we're going to start. That's what we, we know, where God is going to start, where God, when God is going. So we rhythm with God, we dance with God. Same dance. If God dancing poker, then we dance poker. When God dancing inline dance, we dance inline dance. Same dance, same rhythm, same breath. That's what, how we breath with God. Not just knowing the wisdom. So God, so that way God's words, God's wisdom will be known to people. Known to people because people see that. Because the wisdom is attractive. I told you over and over, we are not dragging people to church. We must be attractive. I'm a, I'm a big fan of a Wawa. Maybe you already noticed that. Maybe I, because I started serving church now in you know, Lancaster County, maybe I should switch it to sheets. But um, I don't know, it's hard for me to switch to sheets from Wawa. But you know, I told you about, I, I, told, I, I love Wawa because people go to Wawa. Why people go to Wawa? No matter what, snow or snow, I mean snow or rain, right? No matter what, people go to Wawa. People like me, right? Maybe, maybe you go to sheets. Because it's attractive. They accommodate everything what we need. They have a good price? I think, I think. They have a good hoagies. Do you know that? They're doing hoagie fest now. Six dollars for food. It's good, right? It's good, good. Better than Subway. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very difficult for now. I'm on air, on, over the internet, so. Speaking all this is kind of maybe problematic, but you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Church must be attract, attract, pulling people because we are attractive people by breathing with God. But many churches, many Christians, they don't live wisdom. They don't breathe God, breath of God. There are Christians are neither cold or hot. They just content with the you know mediocre Christian. Well, there's no even distinction between Christians and non-believers. And who would go to church if we're no different than them? Then who will go to church? But being different means we can be hated. 
We can be liked or we can be hated. Nobody wants to be hated. But we have to be hated if we want to speak the wisdom of God, even though they don't like it. So we must breathe the breath of God and be the genuine wisdom of God for the people. That way people know the wisdom of God and they will join us. That, that is the healing. But what if, what if we don't breathe the breath of God? What if they don't breathe the breath of God? What if we don't listen to the word of wisdom? What if we don't just, just listen and speak but do not follow and do not do what we believe? When people or we also just listen to the media, what the world says, whatever internet says, whatever YouTube says, whatever all the news channels says, we're easily being shaken. Then wisdom says, I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like whirlwind, when disease and anguish comes upon you, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. Don't you see that? Today, nowadays, People are in calamity. We are in calamity. We are asking God, what should we do? How does God answer to us? This is reality. This is a repeated history. Over and over. The Bible tells the same history over and over. But we don't listen because we love complacency. We love complacency. We just we're content with mediocre. This is enough. This is enough for me. But that kills, that kills a Christian. But God promised. God promised, but whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Through many prophets, Jeremiah and many, many other prophets, God warned them. Even just listen to the king of Babylon, right? Because the life is precious. Already, it's too late to repent. But they didn't even listen to that. They had the pride, so they tried to fight back with the king Nebuchadnezzar. And what happened? Completely destroyed the Judah. Friend, we are watching now what's happening in the world. It's a reality. It's real. It's so unreal, but it is real. When people refuse to listen to God, right? I mean, isn't it obvious? When church in America was so soaring and so strong and powerful, where were we? Where were we? 
We were the power of the world. Every nation rely on the United States. But now what? Now what? Where is the church? What is church today in America? Where is church in Europe? What's happening? It is so obvious. It is so obvious. You know what? God even called King Nebuchadnezzar as my servant. King of Babylon as my servant. I will use King Nebuchadnezzar to teach you, to make you change, transform you. King Nebuchadnezzar, such an evil king. But God called him my servant, King Nebuchadnezzar. What do we see today? We must see the truth of God in the wisdom of God. So we must be the prophet to the people. We must be the wisdom, the prophecy. We must be the wisdom itself and cry out loud in the street and market and schools and company and your home and everywhere we go. By our life, who you are. They know, even though you don't say it, they know you are wisdom or not. They know. And it is always that, that way, but we church are the only wisdom and only hope of the world. Right? It's not only for the, you know, resolving issues right now, but it is for our fundamental eternal, you know, Resolution, eternal life. Then why it's not so convincing? Why people so not listening? Because we are not wisdom. We are not so powerful enough. People know that we are wisdom. God doesn't need million army to transform the world. We know that. Last 2,000 years, church has been through all those wars and all those calamities. It started what? It started with only 11 disciples. Jesus needed only 11 disciples to change the world, turn over. So we are church. We are marginal. We are the outcast of the society, but we are the remnant. Sisters and brothers in Christ, I am wisdom. I have to be wisdom. And you are wisdom. You have to be wisdom. And we are wisdom for the world, for the people, for our community and our world. Whether they listen or not, it's up to God. We must proclaim because God entrusted people to you and me. Especially those people you encounter frequently. Your neighborhood, your siblings, your spouse, your children, your family, your co-workers. They're the one God entrusts them to you. And God will audit. When we get to heaven, God will audit. What did you do? DJ, what did you do? All those congregation members you are sent to. 
What you going to answer? What you going to respond to God when God asks, What about Tom, your next door? What about Jane, your wife? When God asking for your answer, how are you going to respond to? I think you love me. Because you love me, you die for me, so I'm here. That's not it. That's not really get to heaven. We have so many challenges. We have so many challenges. Right? Jesus warned us, you will be hated, you will be persecuted. People take you to the court, right? Jesus mentioned so many times clearly to follow Jesus. What is the cost of discipleship? And Jesus even said, you have to count, you have to calculate the cost of following me and then follow me. To overcome this stormy storm, stormy sea, ocean, we need heavy Ballast. You know ballast. The bottom of a ship, they fill in with water. Make it heavy so the ship doesn't become like that. Right? We must fill the ballast tank with the wisdom of God, words of God. Jesus said, I am sending you out like a sheep among wolves. Therefore, be sure as a snake and as innocent as dogs. So we must fill day and night our ballast tank, the Proverbs, the wisdom, the word of God, and breathe with God. So when we meet this huge storm, we will not careen and sink. But if we ballast tank, try to fill with the other other emptiness, the selfish desires, earthly expectations, and all my hurts and all the bad memories, the fear for uncertainty, then we are in danger because ballast tank is empty, too light, the bottom of a sheep is too light, then easily tipped over by whatever people saying to you, whatever you see in the you know, internet, whatever the news says, Whatever the newspaper says, we easily tipped over. So ballast tank must be filled our faith, trust, and intimacy with God. We are desperate. We are desperate for this. Because we don't want to carry in and sink bottom of the ocean. But if God is with us in our ballast tank, they will never be moved or shaken. Amen. Amen. In closing, will you please stand with me and let us together sing hymn 377, It Is Well With My Soul.
I would like to invite you to downstairs social hall after service. We will have a special lunch, uh, not luncheon, it was a, a refreshment and celebrating the seven years of uh, Marian's uh, ministry here in First Church. Please everyone join us. And second service, uh, service people also are invited to the uh, fellowship together. So please be with us. I send you with the, once again the, what Jesus gave us, these words. Behold, I am sending you out as a sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to court and flog you in their synagogues. And you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles, non-believers. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are say, to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you, it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Amen. Amen.